Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Back to throw versus Danny. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right, what's going on? Welcome to Cannell and Bell hanging out on a Tuesday. We're going to discuss a lot of NBA today as the playoffs are in full swing. We yep. had a little bit of a mild upset last night, I think, with Toronto going down at home. Uh, officiating is a part of the story again. Again. And I don't know if I teased this yesterday or not, but it's really not a good idea to tease a topic and then not get to it, so I hope I didn't. But we are going to discuss some of the most angry injuries we've ever seen. Angry or been injury. a part of. Okay. Like when you get angry. Yeah. And you do something. Oh, and yeah. And you hurt yourself. Yes, okay. All right. We're Self gonna trade stories on those. Yeah. And I don't even know if I actually, I probably have one with myself. Mm-hmm. Just tell stories about when we're angry. Okay. I feel like yeah. you might have more than me. I'm angry right now. <laughs> I know you I, are. I told you I came in a building. Yeah. What I, happened this I, morning? I didn't have my badge. I'm a little flustered. Now you tell me, I mean, what's proper? Yeah, because we have security badges here. Like we have a little ID. We have to check them at the door just to make sure we can get in the building. It's locked. Right. So I, I come in. Ah, I don't have my ID on me. Yeah. Go to double back to the car. I realize that another employee from CBS is coming in at the same time. So I will just like kind of piggyback off of his badge. I think yeah. that's, you know, it happens. It's happened to me before. People have piggybacked off of my badge. Right. I don't have a problem. Right. So we get in the stairwell, like he badges it. I'm actually a gentleman about it. I'm on my phone. I open the door, allow him to go first. Thank you for the entry. Yeah. He stops, bows up, <laughs> back to me, looks back at me. Where do you work? <laughs> it's one stairwell. It's going to one company. I work. I right. work at CBS Sports. Doc, like, yeah, 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 right here. Um, so he's like, he didn't, he didn't love it, but he kept it moving because I look like I'm supposed to be here. I guess. And you were on the phone though. You were I, talking I, I, on the I'm, phone. I'm talking on the phone, and yep. he goes up like maybe I don't know nine or ten steps and pauses again. I've never seen you here. <laughs> I said, bro, you better keep it moving. Keep it moving. So he goes up the steps, like, and I'm not, I'm not feeding into it, but bro, he watched me all the way through the cafeteria over there. He did. Yeah. And, and then so you went up to him and were like, hey. Yeah, I felt like, you know, after giving myself a chance to calm down and talking to Coca, I felt like that could have been a little awkward for him. And right. I wanted to introduce myself just in case, you yeah. know, like, so he knows who I am and I know who he is. And we squashed it. It was fine. It did. It was all good. But it got me a little heated. I'm like, damn, bro. I, I think some people are really confrontational and some aren't. Yeah. Like, if a guy would have – I would never – first of all, I would never be the guy that would be like – I don't I don't think I would be like, hey, where's your badge? Where do you You're work? Right. I would just be like – Maybe go tell the security guard, like, hey, who's that dude? You know, like, I don't know that guy. I would never say it to his face. Right. But then for you to tell him, like, hey, keep it moving keep and it moving. go back up to him, I would have probably just said, I'll go back outside and wait, you know, for the next person to come in here. Maybe he saw your shirt, your t-shirt underneath, a little ripped underneath. Yeah, maybe. But I was well, going to say, like, saw the did he see you get that I got. Oh, <laughs> Then he like, definitely yeah, wouldn't let you in. Thug Super thug. Oh, my gosh. And then, are you sure you weren't wearing that coming up the stairs <laughs> and put on the hoodie after that? Just he definitely wouldn't. He might come in here and tell you get your pass and get out of here. I even know his name. God bless you, though, sir. He was protecting all of us, though. He was making sure that I wasn't like a rogue individual in the building. Good for him. Hey, the vigilant, vigilant yes. guy out there. All right. Um, let's get to the, uh, the NBA fishing. Yeah. We talked a lot about it yesterday, mm-hmm. the fallout from the Rockets-Warriors game. We talked about James Harden, the the missed calls, uh, the, you know, the calls that they didn't call that were correct or not. So the NBA put out their two-minute report. I think everybody was curious to see how it would go uh, down. So they actually agreed with you mm-hmm. because you said that the last shot where Draymond Green was covering him, that there should not have been a foul call because James Harden more egregiously kicked his legs. Their right. explanation was Harden steps forward as Green, Draymond Green, retreats and releases the contact with his off arm without going through his space. Harden draws Green into the air during his shot attempt. 
Green jumps in front of Harden and would have missed him if Harden hadn't extended his legs. I think that's fair. So I you're okay with that. I'm, I am too. After listening to you talk about it yesterday, I was a little bit confused. Like, hey, why aren't these all the same? I do think the more you look at it, you can see the nuance in it. You can see that there is a little more of a flail um, in James Harden's action when he does kick the legs. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, the NBA got us all. I think they're so lucky, though, that they only have to do the last two minutes. Of Correct. The game. They didn't have to do the three you know, shots in the first half where it's you know as bad as it gets, and they all should have been calls. They get to avoid that. But I don't think anybody wants to put out a ref report for the entire game. I, th- I think the more important calls that they that they had to either uphold or say that they missed in that two-minute report were the ones on Steph over there uh, when he bumps James Harden out of bounds in front of the bench. When James is shooting the three, it would have been a sixth foul. They called out of bounds, gave the ball back to Golden State, out of bounds on James Harden. And then the last play of the game where they had missed that shot by James Harden but it got the offensive rebound. There was kind of a scrum over on the opposite sideline. Eric Gordon had the ball, and Steph grabbed his arm, um, and then they called it out on on Houston, and then Chris Paul bumps the referee. But that's another opportunity to get a shot up. You call a timeout, draw up a play, and maybe get another shot. I thought those were the two bigger calls. And the NBA did admit that they missed those calls that you're talking about. So that's good. Like I, I actually... How do you feel about the two-minute report in general? Because I think – I. I, I have like my it. thought about I it. I like transparency. I like when they're I, – I want to see people admit when they're wrong. And if they're wrong, they're wrong. And they look to me like they've done the right job. They admitted on the hard one they got it right. They admitted the one in the Curry call that they got it wrong. I'm a, I, I like it. I think it's probably one of those things that at the time was probably a little bit overreactionary. But if we're not allowed to address the officials after the game, like right. why can't the officials give press conferences? Why? If the players are forced to, why can't they explain their thought process? I'm kind of coming along or coming around to that. Why? If you want to do a two-minute report, here's what I would do. Seriously. Like if you want – because this – you just putting out a statement as the NBA, it does nothing for me. Right. That does absolutely nothing. Right. Get, get those three officials the same way that Draymond Green and Kevin Durant have to answer – for their antics in a game, or Chris Paul has to answer to why he bumped the official. Like, you're going to put a mic right in his mouth right. and make him explain that to you. Get the crew up there. Have them detail the two-minute report themselves via some kind of live stream on Twitter or something like that. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. I would want to see those dudes up there and explain yeah. Explain to me the thought process. Walk right. me through it. Because they're not even admitting their fault. They're the not. is saying they screwed up. Correct. I'd like to hear a guy say, hey – I couldn't see from my angle. Right. You know, like, I'd be okay with some that. some kind like of explanation all, into it, Yeah, right? it happens all the time. Or, you know, whatever explanation. Maybe you said, um, I'm trying to think of some of the first half calls. Maybe they said, hey, we thought he kicked a little too far that time. And, you know, if you slow it down, you could see it differently. I would right. love to hear more explanation. The players are held to this standard and the officials are not. And that bothers me. In the NFL, or, you know, in professional sports, if you are not good at your job, you will get fired. You will get right. cut. You will get left out. I trust me. I was that person. And yet there's a difference for the officials, it seems. Now, granted, if they're bad, if they're, I would say probably if they're lazy is the more likely thing, they will turn through their officials. I don't, do you know if they have a grade that they have to sustain? Yeah. They do. Yeah. They so have they, to meet so a certain they, criteria. I guess they can't be awful. No, but, but here's the deal. And then I, and then I want to get back to the series because I'll talk about, yeah, yeah. you know, I'll talk about this. Yeah, yeah. But they, the people that grade them are their, Peers, it's a guy that's 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 running the officials now, and right. some of the elder officials. They're they're all buddies. Right. It's good old boys network. Like right. you, you know, it's 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 like anything in this world. Like once you get into it, it's a fraternity. They generally protect each other to some degree. Yes, you know absolutely. what I mean. I'm not yeah. saying that if you're because terrible, they you were keep in a job. that spot. Yeah. They've made bad calls. Right. They don't want it. You know, they don't want right. to come down too hard on them. I think the same thing happens with the replay officials that are upstairs. I think oftentimes we've seen it and we've, you know, we're watching and you're like, how can they not see that blatantly obvious? And they'll use the, 
um, inconclusive evidence. So there's not right. enough. It's not glaring enough. And you're like, why not? I think a lot of times they use that as an out. Just straight cop out. And huh? a lot of times they're, they're, it's kind of the old cronies ready too. Um, Chris Paul will not be suspended. I thought this was very interesting that the $35,000 fine came down. So basically the NBA admitted yep. saying, quote, he, uh, Chris Paul aggressively confronted and recklessly made contact with a game official. Isn't that a suspension? So uh, let me read this to you. Yes, it's because this is what I was I was talking about: physical contact suspension. This is what the the rule says. It says, any player or coach guilty of intentional physical contact with an official shall automatically be suspended without pay for one game. A fine and or longer period of suspension will result if circumstances so dictate. To your to yes. So how does that? So they're basically admitting that Chris Paul lives by a different set of rules because they are. They're not enforcing the normal rule. That what they're not Chris Paul necessarily, but the stage is too big to lose a star. And I understand that from the NBA's perspective. You you, you don't want what happened to our Phoenix Suns teams, which is we're in the middle of a great series. You know, could have been one for the ages. And because Amari Stoudemire and Boris Diaw step over some arbitrary line, you suspend them, and and now we don't have a fighting chance against San Antonio. That sucks for the league. It sucks for the fans. It sucks for the teams involved. Um, Chris Paul's is a little different because he bumped an official, but that's the league saying, look, this stage is too big. We cannot lose a, 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 a star like Chris Paul. But, but let me get this straight, though. So they are saying there is a different set of rules yes. for stars. Yes. I'm okay Well, and not for too. stars, but for situations as it pertains to stars, right? Like yeah. This is a regular season game probably suspended. Oh, so they could, they could have a different set of rules for the playoffs. Absolutely. You okay. don't, you can't lose Chris Paul in I agree. probably the biggest series. And so, but, you know, again, like this is a weird one for me because I'm not slamming the NBA. I think it, I think it's probably the right call. Although I think you have rules for a reason, right? You know, and if you don't have those rules, then you get a guy like me who's not a star, and you suspend me, right? And I'm well, what you know, what what the heck? I'm right. I'm, I'm a player too. I I I I should be afforded the same. Do you think opportunities. current guys that are around the NBA get that? Like, hey. It's better for the league. It's better for the product if Chris Paul is on the court and doesn't have to miss time. Depends on what team you're on. Right, <laughs> right. You're right. On Golden State. Yeah, no. you're not happy. Um, but I think generally, with, with a little bit of perspective, if there's not there's not something at stake for you, you could see that. Right. You could see that it's probably better for the league to have him in there. But this, and I put a lot of onus on officials, and it boils down to this: if you had controlled that game. It's their, your job is to control the game. See, I think a lot of people, my only real beef with officials is when you, when you allow a game to get reckless and out of hand by not establishing, um, your whistle early in, in ways that it's supposed to be established by calling fouls, by calling those. Once you let it get out of hand, the game's out of control. Everybody's angry. And now something like this pops up. You know what I mean? Like, and, and if, if they hadn't had the issue after issue after issue after issue after issue with officials through three and a half, four quarters of basketball, Chris Paul's not going to bump that official. Right. And so I'm not blame, I'm not saying that like Chris Paul was right for doing it, but that's what led up to that. A whole lot of frustration and, you know, the NBA, you got to do what you got to do, but he should be suspended. So there was a lot of complaining after the game by the Rockets about the officials, the non-calls. They complained about everything. They had analytics. They had reports written about it going all the way back to last year's series. Listen to Steve Kerr in his press conference talking about it. What's good? <laughs> Hang on. Who's that foul on? Is that on Ann? That was on Ann. How's your guys' team report on all the missed calls? Uh, yeah. 
goodness. I, you guys are going to ask about all that? I thought we were going to just talk about the game. <laughs> what do you think about the noise coming out of Houston's camp? Uh, it's, it's disappointing because uh, the, the focus should be on two teams who played extremely hard. We watched the team. All right, so he comes out, and he's Mr. Ha-ha-ha with the fake flop with yeah. the reporter that's there. And then he talks about how it's a shame, it's disappointing, how we're not just talking about the the game and the great series that's taking place. Wasn't it not that long ago when you had Steph, Draymond, and Kevin Durant all going after the officials about some blown calls at the end of a game? So much so that they got fined and they got talked to. Yeah. So isn't this an incredibly like hypocritical moment for Steve Kerr to be calling out another team for complaining about officials when he knows Damn well, his team would be doing the exact same thing if they were on the wrong end of those calls. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and then these <laughs> reporters are you're none right. of them eating it up. up with that. No. They're like, oh, they're no, his, you're the funniest. <laughs> that, those are his beat, right? Most of those are their. Yes, his, yes, his those are his guys. So, yes. Those are his people. Um, but yeah, and if the shoe was on the other foot in the first game, he'd be right up there railing officials this morning himself. Yes, he'd be doing what he needed to do to to try to set a tone for the rest of the series with officials. Um. I think that's just what you're going to do, right? It would, either side would be acting the same way this morning. If you're on the short end of that stick, you're going to be up there berating officials, talking about how you can't imagine how you don't get these calls, and you'll have all these data reports and all of that. If you're the one that they got, you know, the 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 win because of it, you're going to be up there laughing and joking. But on a very serious note, I think Houston is distracted right now. Mm-hmm. I think the referees uh, and what they've been allowed or not allowed to do on the court has taken away from their focus um, of execution and game planning. And I, I not behind the scenes there, but I, I hope that they can compartmentalize and, and the team and Mike D'Antoni and his staff can really be digging into the film and to the strategies that they need to employ in game two. Cause they were right there in game one. Yeah. They, and then they had a wounded Steph and maybe clay. You probably should have won game one. So they have to do a better job of separating the team. Let the front office and all your statisticians do all of that complaining and submitting reports. We as a team and players and coaches don't need to be talking about that anymore. I think the narrative and hopefully not for Houston. Because nationally, surely the narrative now is about officials. Houston as a team has to get back to basketball. What do they need to do to steal game two in Golden State? It can't be about the officials anymore. Right. What do you think happens the first time Harden does a step back and Clay Thompson comes up on him and there's contact? What's your hunch tell you? Foul. You think they'll set a different tone? The officials will get it right and set it from the early point. If he kicks his legs out, probably no foul. But I think those. So you think they'll call it correctly. I think they'll call it correctly. And if you're Clay Thompson, do you push the envelope or do you just say I'm going to do the exact same thing and see how we see what they do? I'm going to state I'm doing the exact same thing I did. <laughs> right. And until gonna, they force you to do something differently. And make sure that you're calling that this game. Now the interesting part is, are you, were you going to touch on that now? About yeah. Who they, who they, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So Scott Foster is going to be the official in this game who has a long history of beef with the Houston Rockets. So you talk about being mentally distracted yep. from the last game. You don't think the first thing they heard when they saw the officiating crew and they're like, oh, are you kidding me right now? It's right. going to be really hard for them not to take that in consideration. Well, it's only 7 a.m. out. They might just be seeing it now. <laughs> right, right. Um, they are going to be – yeah, again, I really, really hope that for their sake they can just let go. It doesn't matter who's officiating the game now. We've said our piece. You probably – you got the wheels turning um, up top. So where they're looking at these plays, they're talking about these plays. These are plays of note, um, and so your 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 objective should have been achieved already. Whatever um, they're going to do has already been achieved. 
you don't need to be concerning yourself with, with the officiating anymore. Now you've got to concern yourself with coming out and executing your game plan. The officials are going to do what they do. That directive is already in, whether it's Scott Foster or any other crew. The league will have already said to them, hey, I need you to clean this series up. I need us to get control of this. Scott Foster being given game two, while I think it may be a mistake for that personality to be yeah. on that stage. What, what makes his personality unique? Is he one of those guys that kind of does have an ego that will get distracted? Because the yeah. history of the beef goes back. He hasn't refed a Rockets game since February. Uh, when he did, uh, um, Harden actually got fined 25000 for his comments after the game where he criticized Scott Foster after he fouled out of the game. I just, I wish you had one of the best ideas that I think you've, I've heard anywhere. And I don't think anybody else has said it that as a team in the playoffs, you should each get to say, I don't want that crew or I don't, another team says, I don't want that crew. Yeah. And one then you crew. have a neutral crew yeah. that just takes it and you go. Absolutely. It's uh, not like a jury selection. Correct. You know, like, like I, let them do it. Not that one. And everybody would probably be okay with it. I think they put Scott Foster on the game because Scott Foster is a no nonsense type of. Like, come in here, I don't want to hear anything. And for a game that's got a lot of chirping at the officials and a lot of stuff, he will set a tone. Like, Scott will. He's not afraid. Some officials are afraid to set that tone that I'm talking about setting. And Scott has no problem doing that. The problem with that is, I don't, I don't, I think there is a personal thing with Scott Foster and the Rockets. Um, it's not a coincidence that uh, of two or three games that James Harden has ever ever fouled out in like Scott's done the games right yeah it's no coincidence that Chris Paul has had to have meetings with the NBA as a whole to discuss his relationship or lack thereof with Scott Foster those are very real things so while I understand getting an official in there that's going to control the situation and manage the game not be afraid of the uh, magnitude of the game I don't know that Scott Foster is the right one for a couple months ago we actually talked about the situation I was looking up some of the details of the game in February when he was fined if you remember it was when James Harden tried to talk to him and he just kind of turned around wouldn't even look at him correct when he was James Harden's like can I get an explanation and just ignored him correct wouldn't even talk to him correct and that's the game that James Harden got you know up. what's interesting to me like and this is I was listening to a program before and Scott Foster was described as a ref that doesn't take any back talk from uh, 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 from players. Right. Do you know how demeaning that is? To uh, it's a grown man executing like his craft at a, at the highest level possible. That being the NBA player. So is the official, right? Back talk. That's something that you say to a child. Do you understand what I mean? You and that's the, that is that is. But sometimes... don't you think some of the the conversation is. Not productive, though. About you know that, what I mean? Like, uh, yes, but back talk. Like to be using those type of words. <laughs> I and, think shut and, it. And and, and it's that, exactly what he did to Harden. That's what he does. Out. And nobody likes to be treated like a child when you're a grown man and you're you're the best in the world at what you do. Right. People turn on TVs to watch me play basketball. I'm James Harden in this in right. instance. I'm a professional. I, I am, you can at least give me an explanation. Give me the courtesy of, of talking to me. You're just going to shut me down and no back talk. Turn your back. Yeah, that's what he portrays, and that's why guys don't like him. It's conditioning how it's called. It's gonna be interesting, interesting to see who picks up the first technical foul because yeah. it's gonna happen. A T's gonna be Ed Malloy's in the game too. Ed Malloy kicked uh, Kevin Durant out in in one of the earlier in the Clipper series of yep. when he got into it with Patrick Beverly. He ejected him from the game, so maybe he evens it out a little bit. I'm, I don't mean to slam Scott. I just don't know he's the right guy for that particular game. It'll be interesting. I just hope we're not talking about the officials. I, I don't like when officials become a part of the story. Like, I, I want to talk about great game-winning shots and performances and somebody goes off for 50 and, you know, maybe Harden hits yeah. the game winner. Agreed. I don't want to see us talking about the officials again. But, like, in all professional sports, it seems to be all we're talking about. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. 
Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So last night you had the Sixers-Raptors game. Joel Embiid was a game-time decision, but it wasn't your typical knee issues. It was something else. Here he was after the game talking about it. If you had uh, the sh- before, uh, oh. Joe, Joe. <laughs> uh, if you've had it before, you you would know how it feels. But uh, these are my guys, and you know, want to show up every night. So Michael Jordan had his flu game, and Joel Embiid had his bleep game. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> what we're going with right there. <laughs> um, it's it's he like he can't finish an interview without laughing. Without, I know, like, I, that one I actually thought was funny. I do I definitely think it was too much information. I don't yeah. know if you had to share that. You could just said I had the flu. I felt awful. He's uh, a line stepper. You ever remember the Chappelle show? Oh yeah, habitual line stepper. He's going over the yeah. line every single time. He's going to tow it until he walks it back. Jimmy Butler always when he's sitting there just feels like, what am I going to have to cover up for today? Like what am I going to have to kind of Soothe this over so he doesn't step in it. Right, right, right. Speaking of uh, the bleeps that he was talking about. Uh, But the bottom line is the Sixers, they surprised me. They showed me something. They bounced back in the series. I actually took a live bet during the game at halftime. They were down. uh, Toronto was down like 14. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, they're the home team. They'll be fine. So I took them to win the game at plus 195. They almost did come back. They did come back. The Sixers were impressive. So now they get the home court going back to Philadelphia. What did you see in this one where they were – much better than game one. Supporting cast. Uh, I, I thought, I mean, Joel Embiid, if you're the Sixers, first of all, you got to be really excited, not only because you stole game two and flipped the home court, but Joel Embiid has been relatively um, non-existent so far in the series for various reasons. Like, he only had 12 last night, I think. Um, but you got a supporting cast that, that stepped up and played. Uh, Jimmy Butler assumed, like, the alpha role. He came down with 30 big points, was scoring in a variety of ways. But because he could do it, um, it opened up the court for everyone else to execute a little bit. And you had Monroe with 10, Greg Monroe, big big points. J.J. Redick, 11. James Ennis, 13. You had 9 from Tobias Harris, uh, the 12 that I mentioned from Embiid. So they had their role players step up and play yesterday where Toronto just didn't. They had 35 from Leonard. He was virtually unguardable again. Pascal Siakam had 21, although they were they were in a very fair poor shooting performance. Um, and Lowry had 20. Marcus Gasol was the next high scorer with five points. So, you, you know, it's it's rare that you get the supporting cast of the opposing team show up, but that's what you got last night. Much better production from the bench and from the supporting cast of Philadelphia than you got from Toronto. Brett Brown, after the game, was talking about Jimmy Butler, and he said this was James Butler. That was the adult in the gym. He was trying to compliment Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Jimmy Butler didn't like it though. He was asked after about the comment and he was like, he, he sounded irritated. He's like, my name isn't James. It's literally Jimmy. Is Jimmy Butler always mad? Um, probably. I think it's his shtick. It's what, it's, is it a shtick or is it real? Because probably I, had, re- I interviewed him on my old radio show. We had him on 
And I said some little question, and it was not offensive, I promise you. And he was like, all right, fellas, I got to go. Bye. Like, just hung up on us. I think it's shtickish. Do I don't think he walks like around. like pop with the media. Yeah. He does. I mean, I think that's his alter ego when he comes to work. I don't, I don't think that he rolls around in his, in, with his, with his friends at dinner, you know, over a bottle of wine and is angry. Right. You know what I mean? But I think, <laughs> right. I, mean, he, I, 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 mean, I fun to hang around I, with. I, I don't, I know some people that know him and I don't, I think everyone thinks he's a really good dude. Minnesota didn't think he was a good dude. They didn't like Yeah, that that's his work. Stick. That's his work. He has, he has, he has a YouTube series. Like if you go on YouTube, like he's, he's a really funny dude. Yeah. I, I, he's always doing like workout videos and like taking his friends places. He's a good dude. All right, that's you good. asked good the question enough. because of your interaction with. Yes, him. he made me I mad. I, I was a member of the that. media then. I, I wanted to know if he was really angry. No. Um. All right, so that's good to know. We'll have to see how that series plays up. It's evened up. So our boy Debo came up with an idea. Mm-hmm. Wanted to give uh, us to give our five best players remaining in the playoffs. Oh. So okay. if you had to win one series, like who would be your killer? Your close. Kevin Durant. All right, he was my number one. Okay, who's your two? Then I thought I think one was easy. Obviously, Braun not in the playoffs. Yeah, he's not available to select here. Who, Kawhi, I had Kawhi too. I'm feeling better about my yeah. basketball knowledge. The fact that we had the same. I almost put Giannis at two, but I was like, I don't know, closer type situation. I don't know. I would rather have James Harden. Yeah, I think I think in those situations you give me a more versatile player. Yep. And Giannis I said uh, Kawhi. Giannis plays one way. Right. It's at the basket downhill. If you take that away, like you saw the Celtics had success with it the other night, that will dictate whether they can win that series or not, whether they continue to have success with it. But once you take him away at the rim, he doesn't really have an answer for you. You know, those other guys, Kawhi and KD, they can do it on the block. They can do it from the perimeter. They can do it going to the basket. They'll do it any way you want it. All right. So we both had Kevin Durant one. We both had Kawhi Leonard two. Who did you have three? I had Giannis at three, but now I'm wondering about doubting myself, saying, man, some of those issues you just mentioned. Yeah. Maybe I would like James Harden above him. I took James Harden at three. All right. Um, I, I think, and the thing for me again is I love Giannis. He's my MVP, but he's only won one playoff series and it was against a terrible Detroit, a Detroit, uh, Pistons team. So, uh, not terrible. I shouldn't be. That's rude, but uh, not a very good Detroit Pistons team. Right. All right. All right. Who is your number four? Steph Curry. All right, he was my number five. Okay. So I'm still right there. So yeah. then who was your five? Kyrie. All right, so you don't have Giannis on your top five at all. He hasn't won. Right, because I, I was looking at mine. I'm like, I can't believe I left Kyrie off. Yeah, I no, I I felt bad for leaving Giannis, Giannis off. off because right. I really like Giannis. I think he's fantastic. Um, But when you're asking me, I think experience goes into that a little bit too. Yep. And all of those guys um, have closed series and, 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 and the like before. Do you think either one of us has underrated Steph Curry at four and five, respectively? No. I think that's fair. I mean, I mean, I think that's a very, when you get outside of Kevin Durant, um, and maybe for me, Kawhi. You're, you think you could, one and two are it's Kawhi and Kevin Durant are, they're at a, another stratosphere. Those for me, and the only reason that Kawhi separates himself from James Harden for me is because he is a two-way player. Right. Like, Kevin Durant is that good offensively. He can defend also. But Kawhi is locked down on defense and will still give you something. James Harden is going to score the heck out of the ball, as will Steph Curry. Neither one of them is the most gifted defender in the world. Yep. Um, I think that's a very uh, uh, fluid conversation there between right. three, four, and five. Right. You know what I mean? I don't think the separation is that big. All right. Somebody who had one of the most impressive game winner series clinchers last week, Damian Lillard, n- not on either one of our lists. Did you consider him at all? Was he close? Is he six? You know what's interesting is I did not consider him, and I think that kind of speaks to the situation that Damian Lillard did. It's because now that you mention him, 
yeah, should possibly be in there. Now, I'll put him in the Giannis category where he hadn't really done it a lot. Like, Who would you bump out on that list? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bump him, but he'd be six. He'd be fighting right. to he'd be, be right. in that list with with um with um. With with who was six for us for me Giannis right? What about Nikola Jokic? Uh, Been fantastic, yeah. But I mean, not not that, not enough not sample enough size, not right? Sample I mean, we're size. talking about the elite players in the world. Yeah, right here. you're talking about oh, yeah, that's Giannis, right? You've right. done it one time, um, and and one game in the second round. I'm going to need to see more from both of those guys. They're both fantastic, but. All right, we're gonna, get some, we're gonna get some heat from our Portland listeners on the podcast. Nah, look, we'll post that out uh, at Canel and Bell, uh, and we'll let people react. We'll see what they think. We'll see if they think it's egregious. Giannis should have been higher. Should have been on your list. Sure. Um, cause I, I'm sure some people are like, oh, he's gonna win the MVP. How could you not have him in the top five? I totally understand what you're saying. You're, the question was to win a playoff series. Yeah. It wasn't who had the best regular season right. in, in the NBA. Right. It's not who about. would you build around for the future. None of that. It's a playoff series. Yeah. Who would you want to close it out? All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. Uh, we almost had a massive upset of epic proportions last night. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware of this. You're not in the Jeopardy craze like I am. Did he, he lost? He almost lost. So James Holzhauer yeah. is this dude who you was- You just said we almost had an epic, yeah, I'm- Almost did. You asked if he lost, I said no. No, but that's um, ridiculous that I would ask if he lost after no. you said it was almost right. an upset. Right, right, right. We almost had it. It came down to the final Jeopardy question. Really? And thankfully, he didn't go all in like he typically does, but he had just enough. He won by eighteen dollars. Was it eighteen or fifteen or something? It was like eighteen bucks. The other dude won like fifty three thousand nine hundred and ninety nine, and he won fifty four thousand and seventeen. Did like, he get Final Jeopardy right? Or yeah, they yeah. both did. So uh, the and he other had just dude just enough to. And they go lowest to oldest. They had the girl in the middle who wagered nothing, right? Because I think she was hoping that they would go and against each other. And, yep. So she did nothing. It's weak. You gotta go all in. <laughs> then the dude went all in on his except for one dollar and got it right. Ooh. And so then you're like, does he know it? And the dude is a poker player, like he's a gambler. Right. So I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think he knows it. And then he got it right, of course, because he is a genius, uh, and won it. And you could tell he had a sigh of relief on him, like yeah. you hadn't seen before. And uh Alex Trebek was like, Whoa, he gave you a pretty good stare. They was like, Yeah. Yeah. And then you saw afterwards he went over to him. And, uh, like, you know, like, was like shaking his hand, like, man, right. what a game, like, that was incredible. Respect. I am in so much into this that I am watching live. I'm watching Jeopardy live nightly. And now my daughters are kind of into it. I'm gonna like, start oh, that's the guy. Yeah. I'll have to text you when it's on so you can know when it's there. What was the final Jeopardy, uh, what was the, uh, uh, the category? It was Chamber of Commerce, but it was something, some French name, oh, nah. something, right, some or- organizations. Organizations oh, right. was the category. All right. And I had that's no French. idea what the answer was. Uh, oh, so why, why Coco? Why you gotta send this to me during the show? So he sent me this. This is kind of messed up. Is our boy in this? So 13 years ago today, Kobe forced OT, then hit the winner versus Phoenix. Let's see that. So there's Steve Nash. Uh oh, get stripped. Yeah, Luke Walton was out of bounds on that, by the way. Oh, stripped he was. And out of bounds. Was um, that you? Yeah, he just oh. euroed around me for the layup to <laughs> yeah. force OT. So this is not as effective on when we don't have the actual yes. video that's playing and, back there. And then he hits the, uh, there's the jump ball. He comes down, watch. He's going to ISO, puts me right around the elbow, pull up over me and Boris Diaw. That's tough to guard. That is right tough. There. That's tough to guard, especially when Boris Diaw's in your way. Good shot, Kobe. Yeah, see? Who won this why series? Is, why is, <laughs> why is Coca trolling you during our show? Bring up a shot from 13 years ago. Who won this series, bro? Yeah, that's right. What's up? <laughs> Who won the series? All right, let's move on to some NFL. Uh, because we have the draft saddle. We, and I always, it drives me nuts when you see people put up the win-loss columns and are going WW, they're doing their whole schedule and you don't know who's going to be on your team. Right. A lot of times it's before free agency. It's before the draft. Now that we actually know 
here's where we can get it interesting. Here's where we can make some money for uh-huh. our listeners. Uh-huh. Hopefully. Let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. They had the number one overall pick. They got a new coach at Cliff Kingsbury. They have their quarterback in Kyler Murray. The over-under is set at five wins. They were 3-13 and 13 last year. Mm-hmm. 2018, they were last in points per game, last in passing yards per game, and last in rushing yards per game. They were awful. No more Josh Rosen. Kyler Murray steps in. Over under five wins. Over oh, 3-13. Um, 6-10, over. I'm going to go with you. I like that one. I think they've got they have to get better. <laughs> I think Kyler Murray, I think a lot of the reasons why they struggled last year is their offensive line was atrocious. They'll get better. It's not going to be good, but Kyler Murray can mask some of those problems by running around. He can make plays out of nothing. And I think they're going to be better. I don't know if Andy Isabella is the reason. Right. Man from UMass. But Hakeem Butler, I like a lot. Um, <laughs> What's your beef with Andy Isabella? He's bro? like 5'7. I don't well, know. He's te- small. Maybe you text me when he got picked instead of <laughs> well, DK. <laughs> it was kind of messed up. You tell me if you're out in the playground, who are you picking? DK Metcalf or Andy Isabella? You know, like it's not even close. So bad, but I'm taking DK. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So we'll both, and maybe Andy is. Sorry, Andy. A Hall of yeah. Famer. Maybe he's the next Steve Largent out right. there. Uh, so we'll have to see. But I'm going to go Arizona Cardinals over five wins as well. By the way, I hate futures bets because they take way too long to pay out. Yeah, like I'll listen patience. to dudes in our office and I'll be like, hey, my bet's about to hit from the NBA regular season. And there's, I'm like, you waited six months for a bet. I can't do that. I, right. I need, I need instant gratification. All right, let's start. Uh, let's go with the Miami Dolphins, the team that picked up Josh Rosen in that yeah. trade. They were seven and nine last year, second in the AFC East. Made a coaching change. Went with the ex-Patriots assistant Brian Flores. They got Chad O'Shea to run their offense. Now they have Josh Rosen. Could be Ryan Tannehill. Um, the total is set at five, so worse than last year. Yeah. Seven and nine last year. Granted, you're having a new regime, new coaching staff. Going to take some time. The over/under is at five wins. That's a tough one. Um, we both live down here. I'm going to take the over. Five is a low number. I think they could also wind up six and ten, seven and nine. The question is, how bad do the Dolphins want to win from right. up top? Do Brian they- Flores was asked about it after the draft when they took Josh Rosen. And he actually addressed it, which I thought was very interesting. He said, I know a lot of people think we're tanking. Right. Like, we're not. We're here to win. Now, you could never admit it. A coach can't. No, a coach absolutely. Well, not even a GM. Nobody can, really. Um, no, like you can't admit that. That's true. That's Just true. But all right, I shouldn't have said admit it. But a coach, a coach can't even be thinking that. A coach no. has to be in there trying to win. It's yeah. front office's job to to try to play chess behind the scenes. A coach and his players have to be there to win every game. Yep. I don't. So here's the thing. I, I want to get a little bit of Josh Rosen because I don't think you've seen a 180 on somebody as a person than we've seen in Josh Rosen. A year ago, he was unlikable. He was cocky. And everybody was kind of like, ugh, he's got an edge about him that we don't like. Now, all of a sudden, he's everybody's favorite. Everybody feels like he got a raw deal, which he did. He's been humble. He's been funny. He's shown this personality where everybody loves him. Here's the thing. I I, I still think it could be a struggle. This team isn't that much better than what he had in Arizona. Right. He's going to be learning another offense again. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick probably starts the season again. But, man, five wins should not be that tough. I'm going to say they go over. Realistically, I think they probably get five wins. Okay. I'll take the over uh, for the Miami Dolphins. All right. Well, hometown. Cleveland Browns, everybody's darling this offseason, especially since they got Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. But last year, they flipped it or flipped the script. They went 7-8-1, and one, almost made the playoffs. Um, 
They get Odell Beckham. They pick up Olivier Vernon uh, in the in that sa- a trade with the Giants. They sign Kareem Hunt, who they're going to get after a suspension. They sign Sheldon Richardson. They already have an extremely talented defense. Yeah, trade for Olivier Vernon. They got a ton of weapons on the offense side of the ball. Baker's coming off a of, you know incredible historic rookie season. The over under is set at nine, mm. which some people might be surprised. I said they're a Super Bowl contender before anybody else did, mind you. Then they yeah, you did. You were early on that. Uh, over under nine wins. What do you say? This is going to be my favorite team to watch this year. I do not have an NFL team, full disclosure. I have a college team. I just yeah. like NFL football, but right. I don't have a, a, a dog not a Dolphins in, in fan? the race or a horse in the race. You're not a Dolphins uh, fan going up down here? No, because my dad was from Chicago, so I rooted for the Bears for a while. My mom was from Philly, so I was in Eagles. So I've always kind of been all over the map in terms of pro football teams. I will pull for the Browns. Nine is an interesting number. Um, seven, eight, and one overall. I, I say over. I'm going to give them. I don't. I think ten. We're and all. Six, we're way too optimistic. Five. Then one yeah. of these teams is not going to reach these. Now, obviously, right. they're different win totals. They're set at different numbers. Coca, what was the trend that you were telling me about? Because there's an interesting trend that's developed where a lot of the public money is saying, "Oh, the Browns are going to be the Browns are going to be Super Bowl bound. They're going to win their division." But there's some other odds. Yeah, they're they're the favorites to win the AFC North. Yep. But the odds are against them to make the playoffs. So they're minus one twenty to make uh to miss the playoffs and even money to make it. So they're so totally that's really contradictory. Weird. Yeah, total contradictory odds there in that situation. I mean, you. They I'm gonna gotten, go. I'm sticking with my guns that they're. I'm all in on Baker Mayfield. Any. I love the swag. I'm going with the cocky uh, team. I'm, they do have. They're taking some risk on some players. They're swinging. I think they're gonna do it. Seven, eight, and one with what they had last year. Exactly. You've got a second year for Baker, and you've added all of this talent around yep, him, including like, one of the best wide receivers in the league. Come on, man. If they don't, ugh, it's yeah, gonna be it. ugly. You're gonna see some fireworks because I don't. Odell right. Beckham said he's a cancer in the locker room. If they don't want to win. How's that going to work out? Uh, I'm going to say over, though. I think they do All right. succeed. All right, the New England Patriots. Last year was at 11.5. I took the over and missed on it. Okay. I, they, I thought 11 wins was a lock for them almost every single season. They were at 11 last year. Um, at 11, I would take them over every single time until Tom Brady until Tom Brady retires. I am not fading the Patriots. Under. I always go over. You're you're such a hater. 10-6. and six. Why? Oh, so you're right there. I mean, I'm not saying, yeah, I don't think they fall off a cliff, but I'm going to take the under on that. I think Gronk is going to be huge. Um, you know, um, losing Gronk, yeah. Trey Flowers a little bit. Um, I just, I I think there's got to be at some point this thing has to end. I, I just have seen too many people try to guess that it's not going to end wrong. And who knows? They might go 10 and 6 and still win the Super Bowl. Correct. You know? I think it's like, just going to be a gradual, a gradual thing. So 10 and 6 and you say we got to pick against one of these teams, yep. right? So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Last one in Kansas City Chiefs. Incredible season last year. Patrick Mahomes, 50 touchdowns, record setting offense, but Tyree Kill, mm. who knows what his future is? And I don't really care. <laughs> like, I hope he doesn't play again. Yeah. Uh, they were 12 and 4. Kareem Hunt gone. What do you think? Under. Nicole Hardman, they like 10 and a half wins. I think under two. 10 and six. Yeah. I think under two. I, I just, it's really hard to get back there without some of those weapons. It's such a speed based offense. Mm-hmm. I love Patrick Mahomes. 50 touchdowns is a lot to ask. I think there'll be a little bit of regression. You sure. know, like you can still have 40 touchdowns. Be Danny, great. Yes. He'll lead the NFL. That's 10 less touchdowns. He could still be incredible. And I also think in all of these teams, you're the divisions they play in are going to be a little bit better. You would have to think. I think the Raiders are going to be significantly better with Derek Carr another year in that system. 
Antonio Brown going out there. Right. Well, I think the competition they're going to be playing against is going to be tougher too. So again, I'm going to take the under 10 and a half wins and they might be Super Bowl champs too. Six and one favorite to win the Super Bowl. And it feels like there's an AFC team just waiting to kind of punch through and to challenge the Patriots. My guess is it would be the uh, Kansas City. It's tough to lose weapons like that, though. It it's is. tough to lose running backs and wide receivers when you, when that's what your stuff is kind of built around. It's, yep. it's really tough. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. We're here talking shoes. Shoe showdown is tomorrow. It's Wednesdays. Uh, but we're here talking perusing some shoes that are out there because we both are very passionate about them. <laughs> um, so there was a uh, Cardinals top pitching prospect, yeah. Alex Reyes, mm-hmm. broke his finger. Not by getting some foul ball or getting hit in the hand. He punched a wall after a start. So he had oh. a triple-A start, fractured the left pinky on his non-throwing arm. Credit for that. Uh, he will relocate to St. Louis' spring training facility in Jupiter to continue throwing, but he will miss three weeks of action. We should get him in here. Coca, do something for once. Get us this dude, and let's hear the story about it. I think that would be a great guest. We get him in here. Yeah, absolutely. Only like 45 minutes up the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's able to laugh about it, it shows me a lot about him. I'm sure the Cardinals aren't too happy with it. St. Louis obviously has some money invested in him as one of their top prospects. So my question for you, not his future, like, hey, how does he make it back? Right. Have you ever injured yourself in anger? Have yes. You, ever, you have. Yes. Um, playoffs 2007. Um, I wasn't shooting the ball particularly well in practice and one of the long rebounds came near me and I just caught it on a volley, uh, with my foot. So I kicked the heck out of it, but I didn't have my foot locked out. <clears throat> so I sprained all the ligaments like on the top of my foot, like where my ankle and my foot attach. And for a day I could barely walk. Really? And Mike D'Antoni very rarely showed frustration with me. I'm sure there were times where he was frustrated with me yeah. and was disappointed in some of my decisions, but he did a good job of hiding them. I walked around like I couldn't play because I didn't know that I would be able to play for that day in between the game, and he was pretty angry with me. He and was. he had talked to me about like controlling, hey, man, you can't do that, man. You just missed some shots. Uh, luckily, after a lot of treatment and maybe – you know, like some, 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 what do you call it? Where they, where they put the pins in you, acupuncture. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was able to play, but I, it was, it was very questionable whether I could play or not. Right, so I'm not the angriest guy. Yeah. I do get angry competing. Um, knock on wood, never hurt myself doing that, mm-hmm. but I have made some questionable decisions. So when I was just out of the NFL, I used to play a lot of golf. Okay. A lot, probably too much, but I was like training all morning. Right. Cause I was still hoping to get back in and then I would go over and play golf in the afternoon. And we had some pretty like high stakes matches that were taking place. It was all these older dudes. Right. I just say older. At the time, they seemed older to me. Yeah, they were like, like forty five. Yeah. <laughs> so I would go out there and I would play with them, and they got some pretty heated. Like it, I would, I broke drivers. Like I, I've snapped clubs over my head. You know, like over my not my over head, your knee, over my knee before. Yeah, sure. There was a there was a big putt on the eighteenth hole. It was coming, and it's right at Coral Ridge Country Club, right down the road. Mm-hmm. And we're playing, and I missed a putt, probably about an eight footer. That would have won the hole. It was like a big swing. It cost me a couple hundred bucks. So I took the putter and I slung it right in the pond. There's yes. a pond right there. Just chucked it in there, stormed off the green. So my wife knows I like to play golf. Yeah. She actually was in there having like lunch or like a drink. I think it was a, she was having like a cocktail with a friend of hers. Right. And my daughter, my oldest daughter was probably like six or seven at the time, saw it all unfold. <laughs> and it was worse. <laughs> 
It was worse than getting hurt was them to see daddy act like, like that. lose it and act a fool over a missed putt at the end of a game. That's all you've got to really be. That was, that, that was, the, that was the worst thing good, I ever had. Cause I my always, kids have seen me at my absolute worst. So my daughter now has a temper. She doesn't get it from me. She gets it from her mom. Right. And I'm trying to figure out some way for her to cool off on the golf course. She gets so angry. It throws her off her game. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I think she'd always... Whoa, 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 whoa. What? What? You can't what? tell a story about what? you having a that meltdown on, on a golf course in front of your daughter and then blame your wife. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, you cannot do this. Raja, do not let him get away with this. No, 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 no. The competition was over, so I was done. Then I could let out my frustration. But I will say this. Playing golf, there is a lot of built-up frustration. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have taken out frustration and it actually makes you feel better. Some of that tension yeah, does feel better. I'm wondering if I should let my daughter just go over and like take a club and just hit the ground, like nope. hit the tree with it. How got to control it. How many clubs do you imagine you've you have in lakes around South Florida? I only do over under two, over under two. no two because they're expensive. I've, they're expensive drivers. I've probably broken three. Well, I know? I've got. <laughs> At least eight clubs in various lakes in South Florida. So when those I, dudes that dive and they have their scuba equipment, they're just all kind of, it in. All they kind of just cool follow stuff. you around all South kind of Florida. Cool <laughs> but I got better though. I, I learned how to harness that. And so I imagine your daughter. I hope so. As she, she grows so rattled, it makes her, it throws her game off. Yeah, I actually liked when I would get angry, I would get, I would play better. Yeah. Cause it would like, and I almost had to, if I hated, like I would play with some dudes and we had a good time. We would talk a lot of trash. Mm-hmm. We would talking like almost. In between your putt, like it wasn't while you were putting, but it was right up to it. Sure. Like, hey man, you better sure. not miss this. This is a three hundred dollar putt. Like reminding them what's at stake, which you should never do. And then I would just get this intense hatred for somebody. I just like I want to beat them so bad, and it would help me. I you har- you've harnessed the energy. She has to learn how to harness the energy. Yeah, I got to try to harness. Yeah, it's that. like I don't know what, what's that. What's that? Like X Men? They got all these powers, and they got to learn how to like harness them. Yeah, that's probably what she's going through. She'd she be all right. She got to harness it. Totally from my yeah. wife. I'm cool, calm, and collected. I want to ask you about upset. these kicks. Let me ask you about these kicks. Real quick. <laughs> we got time to kill, right? We're filling. I don't know. No, I was gonna go no. over the Celtics Bucks game. You got? Nobody wants to hear about winners. Nobody wants to hear about that. Warriors. People want to hear about these supreme Louis Vuitton. On cleats that I found on on. Instagram. I'm sure they're pretty dope. Can they can any, a picture of them? Yeah, we do. Look, zoom in on wait, it. Wait. wait, get in right in front of the microphone. Might oh, be able to see them right that. there. Yeah, can we zoom in? Nah, I don't think no, we have those see. capabilities here at CBS. No. Oh, no. you did yeah, though. That right. was nice. Let's see. Look. Oh, oh much better now. Those cream Louis V's. Will you let your kids wear those? What? I'm really against my kids having being so into brands. Yeah, I mean, these aren't, they're not made by Supreme or Louis V. Okay. These are custom painted cleats. They're not like $1,500 cleats. This is a dude called Plead the Fifth Customs. Yeah, shout yeah, out. In LA, shout out. And he'll take your cleats yep. or he'll provide the cleats and he'll paint them up in any mock you want. So I let my kids go on and pick their cleats and all, like, that's the I don't have thing, a problem right? with that. Now, do you ever make your kids try to earn their way toward them? To the cleats? Yeah. Like they gotta do chores? Yeah. They gotta earn, they gotta put, yeah. chip in some money? They gotta chip, well no, I don't make them chip in. For, for sports equipment, for the other stuff they want, they can yeah. chip in. But yeah, chores, grades, general yeah, good attitudes. Way they can earn it. Yes, they can absolutely. You don't want entitled brats. Some, Neither one of us want that. Some stuff I just give to them. <laughs> right. I gotta be honest, hey, like I'm raising some brats. Extradamus. Hit us up. What's your boy's nah, name? Nah, dog, plead the fifth custom. Plead the These fifth custom. Down. Hook us up, man. Hook his kids up. Yeah, I can use some sweet golf down. shoes, too. <laughs>